change what I was about to say then as well. <laughs> One thing I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to the audio quickly. <laughs> One thing I'm going to do is I'm going to listen. The audio is fine. The audio is fine right now. Okay, that's good. That's good. Maybe that's as a result of some of the changes that I've been doing this morning. But anyway, welcome in. We are live on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream uploads. My name is Graham Day. This is Bib. We are ice cream uploads and in true ice creamy fashion, this is The Scoop, the UK's number one video games podcast and some may say the best podcast in the world. That'd be us. That'd be us that says it. But it still counts. It still counts. Anyway, we're going to go through the biggest, the best and the breaking stories in the world of video games and we want to give you our thoughts and impressions, but that's not it. We want your thoughts and impressions on our thoughts and impressions, and it's important that you drop them in right here, right now, live on twitch.tv forward slash ice cream plus, because we will turn this video, this live stream, into a podcast, a video podcast for YouTube, and an audio podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So make sure if you're in the chat, you use your voice on behalf of those watching and listening on demand a little bit later on. But anyway, first things first, we are a little bit late. Uh, that's, well, a couple of reasons. One, if anyone's been here before, you may have seen a couple of things. My microphone occasionally um, like is choppy, and the phrase for that is fracturing. The reason that could be happening we is GPU fracture. overload. So I've done some changes in Streamlabs, which hopefully doesn't make Streamlabs shit itself this morning, uh, this afternoon, should I say. Um, so hopefully that fixes it. But I was doing that because I don't have anything to show you. Well, I have this, I suppose. I have this. Yes, my, my, I've got my DualSense. Nice. But my uh, PS5, I set it yesterday for about, about 8 p.m. to start transferring all the data over from my PS4 to my PS5 via Wi-Fi. I did not think that that would take about 14 hours. So... <laughs> Woke up this morning, it still had a few hours left on it, so I left it as long as I could. And then at about 10 past 11, it said 50 minutes-ish left. So I thought, you know what, I might as well finish it out. We'll push the scoop back to about lunchtime-ish. And, and here we are. Here we are. Anyway, all data is transferred. Just need to transfer the consoles and stuff around. But we are good. We are good. PS5, bib. It's here. You've got it. I've got it. I have. Playroom. Oof. Amazing. Oh, Game, of the Game of the year. <laughs> Do you know what? Genuinely, I would... Uh, I would definitely throw it into the conversation. My game of the year isn't something that has any novelty, usually. It isn't something that is family-focused, usually. It's it's something that is the storyline, hard-hitting, powerful, usually something AAA-ish, because I'm that simple kind of person. But I genuinely really, really enjoyed that last night. Like, playing through Astro Bot, I won't give any spoilers, but there's so much nostalgia. And the thing I was just saying to Bib is... Um, the ending of the game, um, I didn't even remember that I remembered it until we came up. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, fuck, okay, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But anyway, anyway, um, there's a lot of nostalgia you go through. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. What, what do you all think? What do you all think? Um, Thomas uh, Adam XE, thank you very much for the followers. Well, appreciate that. I appreciate that. All right, all right, all right I can't speak. All right, lads, uh, love the stream. I'm new around here. Well, welcome in. Grab yourself you. a seat. Uh, sit down, grab yourself a nice cold glass of ice cream because that's what we are. Uh, now, welcome in. My name's Graham. This is Bib, um, and we are Ice Cream. The reason we call ourselves Ice Cream is because we work for a company called Jelly, and Jelly and Ice Cream is good. So there you go. There you go. Mr. Gary Clark says, "Morning, Shaggers." There he is. There he hey, is. All the Shaggers. Did you um? Did you get your PS5 issues sorted? I know you had, you had an issue with they sent you the wrong information packs inside, and you had like some big dodgy scuff mark on the console. Did you, did you get anywhere <laughs> yes, with that? I a black eye. No. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't mean to laugh. He does. He just laughed. He absolutely. Did. He did, <laughs> yeah, it was the joke. It was the joke. Uh, it was quite a good joke, uh, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> I think so. 
Uh, Mr. T says, in the words of Bibi, Shaggers. Uh, also, mm-hmm. I have uh, the GPU song from Astro stuck in my head. Do you know what? That, it, like, um, there was GPU song, there was the SSD song, and, and like the GPU one, though, was, was definitely the best. Um, and uh, do you know what? It's not really a spoiler, but but you might want to listen, uh, unlisten for like 10 seconds just while I talk to Aston about this bit. There was like a hidden section where there was um, the lyrics to the GPU song on a wall. And I was like, what the fuck are all these words? And it was only as I was reading it that it was twigging what it was. Anyway, I enjoyed. Come back! Come back, ladies and gentlemen, come back. Uh, we're good, we're good, we're good, we're good. I had to we're take good. my headset off because I know it's not a very long game, but I was more... I was more excited about moving my uh, re-downloading all of my games because Thicko over it, even though I sent Graham things to do when you get your PlayStation 5, clearly didn't pay enough attention to half it, so I deleted most of the stuff off my old console um, in preparation for giving it to Samantha, so I downloaded games that I know she'll like, so the PlayStation's now, uh, PlayStation 4's downstairs, PlayStation 5's up in, obviously, my studio. Uh, I ended up re-downloading the stuff. Didn't know until my mate told me last night. Well, I did know, but just completely forgot. I didn't take in the information originally. If you plug an Ethernet cable in from your PS4 to your PS5, it would transfer all of your games and data over like that. Uh, so dickhead over here. I had about 10 games to try and download yesterday. So I wanted to keep it in rest mode so it download faster. See, I um, um, carried on playing whilst it was going, putting rest mode overnight. And I just thought, I'll stick it in uh, Wi-Fi mode rather than Ethernet mode, even though I knew that was there. But it won't be that long. What? A couple of hours, maybe? No, like 12 hours. When I finished playing Astro, uh, Astro's uh, Playroom yesterday, it was like, yeah, 12 hours remaining. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, fun times, fun times. Um, Mate, that song is catchy as fuck. Astro's Playroom is ridiculously good. It, I mean, it's basically a tech demo. It That's what it is mm-hmm. at the core, and it could have been extremely uninspiring if that's what it was. It's it's tech demo, nostalgia, good gameplay, well polished, and a little bit of a sales pitch as well. Yeah. In terms of look at all these these components and peripherals for all these consoles that you could you could have bought or could buy or whatever. So it's it's really good, but it's it's not cheesy and over the top. It's well done. It's well yeah. done. If, if if Sony aren't paying attention to what everyone's saying about this game and making a Mario esque length game out of the Astro Bot, and if they don't use them as a mascot, then they've got literally nothing about them. Um, and, I, and I mean that as being a Sony fan. Uh, this this game could be not only the mascot for the for the for the console going forward, but absolutely they could make a 25, 30 hour game out of this and just yeah. put all of the PlayStation stuff and just bulk it out. It's it's a phenomenal platformer, and it's bit. I said it yesterday in a tweet. It's it's it gives me proper Mario sixty four vibes. Now I haven't played any of the new Mario games like Odyssey and that, but I imagine they probably didn't don't feel as good as this did. Like it's weird. It, it the the dual sense just makes these game or made that game feel amazing. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I mean. The thirty-hour game within it, I completely agree with the fact. The fact that they could make it a mascot. I mean, I think they've kind of missed the trick because they have it as a mascot. Astro appears alongside the likes of Nathan Drake and Kratos on artwork already, and has done for years. And that's always jarred with me because I never did the PSVR stuff. So I was like, why? Why are you putting this clearly low rent crap mascot next to? Nathan Drake, uh, next to Ellie and Joel. Why, why are you doing this? And now I'm like, okay, now it makes sense. Now that makes sense. Give me more of that. Yeah. I will actually take that. I'll, I genuinely enjoyed it. Me and Danielle were uh, 
watching it last night. Uh, well, I was playing Daniel was watching it, but it was really, really good. Like even the early bits, like where you dick around with the controller, where you fill your controller and shake it. I'm like, you try that, you try that. Shake my controller. There's things inside it. This is amazing. <laughs> Um, Thomas says I did my transfer over the uh, Ethernet. It wasn't too bad. See, see, there's a man that's that's got the plan. See, we should have done that. We didn't do that. We didn't do that. Um, Tito, good morning. He says, well, good afternoon. Even he says, I feel you're really pushing the boundaries of 10 a.m. ish. <laughs> just a touch. <laughs> just a touch. 1 a.m. ish. Uh, 1 p.m. ish. Uh, although we did actually tweet it out. So, so there. Ha. Have that. Uh, but yeah. Um, PS5 life, that is what it is. You've, you've got to sacrifice some hours for a PS5. Um, anyway, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately not, says Gary. Sony supports say that I have to go back to the retailer to sort it, which makes no sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's the retailer's issue? It was in a sealed box and their items that were in it. It was their issue. But um, but I've received a message from PS Support on Twitter, and hopefully they can help me sort out the issue. Well, fingers crossed they do. Uh, Mr. T says, you, you've just got the uh, exclusive almost black one. <laughs> <laughs> I might just spray the rest of it black. Exactly, that's it. Get, get, get custom uh, face paint on the go. Jobs are good. Um, well, PlayStation have been posting pictures of their consoles now with the uh, different colored sides. And the, to be fair, they look banging. They look yeah. quality. Yeah. Drop a link in. Go on. I'll, I will load that up uh, as we get into the news. Speaking of the news, let's jump in. Just to finish off the comments, though, first. Asim says, The VR game Astrobot Rescue Mission was this too. Genuine platform genius. The team that makes designs this is very talented. Need a full-on game. Uh, it would be class if they made Astro full length game. Absolutely. Has anyone played, excuse me, um, Tearaway on the Vita? I know that they made Tearaway Unfolded for um, the PlayStation, which I think was just basically a port of the same game, but with the tweak of the mechanics to work using console controllers as opposed to the uh, Vita um, uh, button scheme. But anyway, Tearaway was... I got the Vita. I had the Metal Gear Solid HD collection, which I played through all the Metal Gear games anyway, so I was going to play through those, but I didn't want to start on those because I've done them a million times. Um, I had, I mean, obviously, naturally, I had a bunch of Konami games when the Vita first came out. Little Kings something, uh, which I, not for me, not for me. And I was kind of like, oh, I need something different, something that's that's Vita, Vita related, not, not um, games that aren't in my sort of genre or not games that weren't made for it. And played Tearaway, and I was just like, oh, go on then, I'll play Tearaway. I don't know if I got it free or if it was like five quid or something cheap. Played it, and it was just going to be a... I didn't really get into Little Big Planet. I, well, I said didn't. I just... I really, I said... I mean, I didn't. It just didn't, didn't catch my attention. Even though it looked really good, it just... It was not for me. But Tearaway was incredible. The, some of the smart stuff that you get in Astro's... Uh, playroom it's the same uh, on par with um tearaway on the vita things like if you don't know what it is your character in the game there's two there's essentially two parts of the character you've got your little tearaway person i can't remember what it's called in the game but you as in yourself are part of the game the game they see you looking in the screen at them that's basically you're looking at them through a window in the sky looking down on them and they call you the you um, so you're in the game and, and it's kind of like a collaboration you and your character are working together to make things happen and the back of the Vita has a touch screen a touch panel um, so I'll use controller to describe so if you tap the back of the pad obviously you're looking down at the Vita screen like that you're tapping the pad there's certain panels on the floor that if you tap the pad you're effectively smacking the ground underneath the character so you can bash them up into the air and it's just a really really good 
way of interacting and building, like bridging the gap between you and the game. It was very, very clever, very well done. Yeah. Um, anyway, that same level of uh, thought and insight has gone into Astro's Playbot and uh, Astro's Playroom, and I'm, yeah, it's good, it's good, it's good. <clears throat> um, okay, I'm going to click this link before we jump into this. Have a quick look at plates. Uh, 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 Who's ready for the matte black PS5 uh, skins? Uh, okay, give us a side view. I want a proper side view. I want a side on. I mean, that does look nice. I mean, I'm not. I'm not so sure about the black with white trim because it's only a skin rather than a full case. But it does look nice. It does look nice. What do you reckon? Would you rather have that than your white one, babe? Absolutely. It just. It'd look so much better on my desk with my black desk, my black keyboard and mouse, my black monitors. Uh, my black risers, uh, my black PC tower, my black microphone, my black... <laughs> you can see where I'm going with this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, my, my PlayStation does stand out, but I mean, it is what it is. I'm playing next-gen. I don't give a shit. <laughs> well, I mean, that PlayStation would have been black if the full plates had been black. I mean, if it had been black, you could almost say that it was copying off of Microsoft's next-gen console because that one's black. Oh, oh it's almost like anyway. It's almost like you know we're building a tedious link into the first news story of the day, and there we go on screen, written by Sharif Saeed at VG247. PlayStation boss hints at a Game Pass style service in the works for PS5. It looks like Sony may have an answer for Game Pass after all. Since its introduction, Xbox Game Pass has unquestionably come one of the biggest advantages of owning an Xbox console. Over time, the subscription services offering and value became harder and harder to ignore, but Sony never offered a similar option for PlayStation others. Well, this might change soon, as suggested by Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO Jim Ryan. Ryan spoke to Russian outlet TASS about the PS5's prospects in the country and the unusual challenges the team ran into when building the PS5 in a global pandemic. Ryan was asked about the PlayStation's competition with Microsoft and what he believes are Sony's points of different, uh, differentiation. Console wars is not a term I ever use or actually like, Ryan told the Russian agency. For me, it's great that there's competition. Um, I think it makes us work harder. It avoids us getting complacent and it's great that the consumer has a choice. I think that's wonderful. Uh, asked directly about uh, Xbox Game Pass and whether Sony has the uh, has answered to the popular service, Ryan actually made an interesting reveal. There is actually news to come, but just not today. Ryan said, "We have a PlayStation. We have PlayStation Now, which is our subscription service, and that is available in a number of markets." Um, it's not clear what he may be referring to here, but it's unlikely to be the recently announced PlayStation Plus collection, as that is only really a bonus on top of PlayStation Plus. If Sony is indeed working on its own version of Game Pass, don't expect it to also include its first-party exclusives on day one, like Xbox. Sony has repeatedly shot down that idea, deeming the practice unsustainable at one point, and calling its first-party releases too clean and pure to exist on a subscription surface uh, at another. Um, interesting, interesting. Just instantly going to say the caveat is a PR answer brushes people away without answering it or says something without saying something or leaves the idea of a, a, a half chat that is based on assumptions. That doesn't have that same ring. There is actually news to come. But not just today. That is confirmation. That is not a, do you know what? I'm not going to say we're not going to do, but I'm not saying we will. I mean, that's different. Yeah. He is saying we are doing something. There will be a conversation, but it's not right now. That is interesting. 
Uh, Bib, mm. thoughts? Yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, for me, the biggest takeaway from that is that they've acknowledged PlayStation now still exists, but they're still not classing it as a, as a rival to Game Pass. It's, a, it's something that they've had to rework slightly because the price that there was advertised now, I think it was $14.99 initially for like the first two years. And then I think it was the beginning of this year, they sliced it to, I think it's £7 now, maybe £8, uh, which is a step in the right direction because it's about the same price as Netflix. The biggest uh, absence from the game, from the Microsoft, Play, uh, sorry, from PlayStation now is obviously the big, big, ps4 first party games i think there's only a handful in there uh, a lot of it is um ps3 ps2 uh and i don't even know if it's got any ps1 games in it uh, f- forgive me i've not used it since like the first month when it came out um because i was never paying 14.99 for it i just used the free trial um so i imagine it's changed quite a bit the pricing structure is definitely something that they needed to aim at i just think compared to games pass it's still way and far behind it, but it's it, the thing that surprised me the most is that they don't even class PlayStation now as a rival or a competitor to Games Pass. That they, they clearly don't think it's anywhere close, which is why they're trying to rework a system where it does a step in the right direction. Um, and I think they be I think they've been over generous, if I'm being honest, uh, giving us their first party games from PS4 included in your PlayStation Five monthly subscription. I think even if they had probably charged three or four quid on top of your PlayStation Plus subscription, people would have took that up anyway. Like I downloaded Days Gone last night. It's a game that I've kind of fancied and fancied a little bit more over time. Um, but yeah, it's definitely... Be, having 20... Is it 20? It might even be 30 games available to you that you probably miss, you may have missed on the PlayStation 4. Day one on your PlayStation 5 is an incredible move, and they've definitely got to charge games. I mean, even if you included them games into PlayStation Now and then ha- had it out there for eight quid, people probably would have been more inclined to pick that up. So it's interesting that they're giving it away for free before even contemplating putting it in PlayStation Now. Yeah, I'm, PlayStation Now doesn't scratch the itch for me. Um, I think everyone would say that, so it's not like I've just gone with some sort of like preposterous statement. PlayStation Now is just, <laughs> it's not Game Pass. It absolutely. I don't believe isn't. you. I don't believe it. Uh, it's absolutely not. It's not something that people get excited about. Game Pass, ask anyone what they think about Game Pass and you would be hard pushed to, uh, to ask a bunch of people that know what they're talking about in video games and not say, uh, not have at least one of them say best deal in gaming. Absolutely is the best mm. deal in gaming. Someone's going to say that because it, it is, it is the best deal in gaming. Um, PlayStation have some very good things, like the PlayStation Plus collection. Um, if you have a PS5, by the way, and you were setting it up last night or you're setting it up today or whatever, go into the uh, PlayStation Store um, uh, and there's like, I can't even, I'm not fully comfortable with describing it at the moment. I know the PlayStation Store on the PS4 and I know what you do. Um, and I did access the PS Plus section on the PS5, but I don't really know the terminology of what to call things yet because I've only had it for a few hours. Anyway, I accessed the PS Plus section um, and within that, um, there's the PS Plus collection, and it's got all the games like the Uncharted 4s, like the Days Gone's, and so on. Make sure you purchase every single one of those. Uh, the 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 um, was it Detroit in there as well, and 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 yeah. and so yeah, on. Yeah. So yeah, get all of those outstanding games. Yeah, incredible. Such a good selection. And then even things that are a little bit older, like Mortal Kombat 10. Obviously, there's 11 and stuff now, but still really good game. Holds its holds its age well. Um, but go in and purchase every single one of those. Go redeem, 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 just like you would with PS Plus. I'm not saying they're going to take them away, 
but just do it just in case <laughs> that was one of, yeah. my cheap northern uh, self was like oh oh die free now i'll have that one i'll have that one I'll well, have that they one. are only available so long as your playstation subscriptions still active aren't they so will they disappear well sorry they might not disappear out your library you just might not be able to activate and play them um i think i think if you have a ps plus subscription you can play them yeah if your subscription yeah. lapses you can't play them, but if you renew yeah. your subscription, you can play them again, um, mm-hmm. just like normal PS Plus. I assume. Does that also... Yeah, cool. sorry, I'm trying to cut you up. Yeah, God, honestly, there's no need for that. We've gone, we've <laughs> gone, we've gone fish cam bib as well, so uh, so we can uh, fish eye lens bib, so we can see a bit more of the room. Oh, I change it up a little bit. Like this camera, like this 1080 one, this fish eye one is actually really clear compared to the other one. It's just got a fish eye lens on it, but with 721, over time, like compared to yours, your camera is just fire. And it makes mine look even more potato than it actually is. So I think for the time being, I'll switch it up and just start using the fisheye one. Just get get yourself a, uh, an eye on the uh, Facebook Marketplace. And if anyone's selling a, an A5100, there you go. Jobs are good. And bosh. Yeah. Um, jumping up through the chat, because there has been quite a few comments. Uh, welcome in, Madge. Um, hey, morning, Madge. Uh, sorry, afternoon. No, no, we'll, <laughs> stick, we'll stick with morning. It, it, we'll, as long as we all just agree it's morning, it's fine. Uh, yeah. I didn't get any, any notifications. That's probably because Twitch notifications are like, okay, this is taking the piss. This is not 10 a.m. Uh, but uh, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, where did we get to? Where did we get to? Um, went past this one. Oh, Shales is there. Morning. Morning, mate. Aging superheroes here as well. Afternoon, you beautiful humans. Welcome in. Hey. Uh, sounds like Sackboy should be sacked for Astro. Hey. Uh, Sony's phone support is as useful as an Astro and a motorbike. <laughs> Says Gary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what an analogy. Asim says, tell you what, though, installing Cold War on the PS5 was like trying to put uh, furniture together from Ikea, only even more complicated. It's ridiculous. Me and Bibby were having a conversation um, about PUBG yesterday um, because he had uh, PUBG installed, but it was basically going, do you want to play the public test server? And I did find it eventually, Bib, like pressing the three dots to go down through the options and choose which one shows you first. It's kind of like, do you know when you get the PS4 version? The example we had in the news article the other day was the PS4 version of Miles Morales. Or, and it, was, mm. it was actually COD, I think it was. The PS4 yeah, was. version of COD and the PS5 version of COD. It shows you the PS4 version first. And that's kind of the same thing with PUBG. It defaults to the public test server rather than the actual full game. So you have to go in and go, nope, don't give me that one. Give me the full yeah. game. I don't want the test server. Twice I had to install that yesterday. I probably would have had everything installed by now, but twice I deleted it because it says PTS. So I'm thinking, oh, great, yeah, just delete that one because it's tried to, like on the PS4, you put the disc in, it tries to install both. So I put the disc in. It gives you both options. So I downloaded the normal one, but then obviously the cover art says PTS, and I'm thinking, I've, I've downloaded the wrong one. <laughs> twice I've uninstalled it, and I have to reinstall it. But that's why, that's why I was saying yesterday when uh, Robbo was in there, and I was like, what's the crack like will this be the one that has all the new gen stuff because i'm looking at it i'm like i don't know like i'm just being a clown clearly i can't get my head around it that's coming from someone who does this shit for a living and i'm still being a fucking clown about it yeah, but i wouldn't be surprised if that gets fixed like in a patch quickly i wouldn't be surprised if the way that playstation present their games is mm-hmm. it's i mean it's it's a new operating system that hasn't been fully stress tested by shitloads of users it bizarre that i say fully stress tested who did their Q&A, their UI testing, their UX testing on that if we all have the same issue at the very first hurdle? <laughs> Who, who's got past that? But then again, maybe they didn't install PUBG or Call of Duty to test it. So yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, um, if you're not installing PUBG, uh, sorry, yeah, 
No, not PUBG. Because yeah. everyone plays that, but okay. like a triple A game, like a proper supreme triple A game, oh, like, like Call of Duty. Yeah. <laughs> I knew the really in Tommy. Um uh, where did we get to? Oh, we got past I can't believe they're charging 60 quid for Sackboy. I was going to get it for the wife, but decided to get Miles instead. Are they really? I mean, I suppose it's the next-gen price kind of thing. So I, I, can't, I do kind of understand it in that sort of sense. Actually, let's put a pin in what we are talking about just now. Because um, I do have a separate article that I did want to uh, shoehorn in. Because I did see a conversation on Twitch regarding this. Someone has, has basically cut elements out of an article that was published back in March 2020. Um, mm. uh, to, to show the differences between console prices. Because we have had a lot of conversation around pricing. Um, in terms of some people agree with the £70 price tag for games. Some people don't agree with the £70 price tag for games. Some people don't like the cost of new consoles. Um uh, but this article, uh, written by Gabe Gerwin at Digital Trends, uh, as the launch price of every major game console from NES uh, to Nintendo Switch, um, but put them in modern day uh, equivalents using um, what's the inflation as the as the barometer. So there you go, third gen systems. So the NES cost one hundred eighty dollars at launch, with inflation four hundred twenty eight dollars. So not far away from where we are with current um so when we think about fuck me 400 quid for a console um we're not we're not far away from where we were back on the nes uh yeah. the sega mass system 467 dollars if, if if that was to be on sale today the atari a bit more po- uh, pocketable 327 dollars for the atari 7800 uh turbo graphics 16 416 quid the sega genesis 393 quid. Nice one, Sega. You know, dropping below the 400. That's what we like to see. Mm. Uh, the SNES, 414 quid. The Philips CDI. I mean, does, did anyone own a Philips CDI? Nobody owned a Philips CDI. I mean, it's a, a horrific piece of kit. Let's, I think they only made like 16 games for it. I mean, the fact that it's a horrific piece of kit is one thing, but also the fact that the price would be £1,381 today is horrific on its own. Uh, so yeah, there is that. The 3DO from Panasonic, £1,250. The Atari Jaguar, which which was unfortunately short-lived, 445 quid. Sega Saturn, £677. PlayStation, £506, uh, dollars, should I say, not pounds. Uh, Nintendo 64, 329 quid. Nice drop from Nintendo there. Dreamcast, 308 quid. Uh, PS2 448, GameCube 290, Xbox 436, the Xbox 360 395, the PS3 uh, 639 pound uh, dollars, the Wii 320, the Wii U 336, Xbox One 553, uh, the PS4 441, uh, and the Switch 316. So consoles would oh, oh, we're not actually doing that bad price wise if you think about it in that yeah. sort of sense. I mean you could be buying a three. Uh, a Philips CDI for uh, for four PlayStations or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> well, one of the biggest takes that you can have away from that is uh, the PlayStation 3 came out at £500, which is £50 more than the console, like the top-tier console that we've got. Now, uh, the actual PlayStation 5 Standard Edition, we'll call it for the sake of this. I think that's actually what it's called. Um, PlayStation 5 Standard Edition for £450 as of yesterday. <laughs> uh, it's hit over here in the UK, and you're paying £50 more than that two generations ago 
Um, so that's the biggest take that you could probably, if the, the most realistic comparison that you could probably take out of this a console that's two generations on from the same manufacturer, priced then fifty pound more than what you're paying now. Yeah, I mean, look at the Xbox One as well. Xbox One last generation, four hundred ninety nine dollars. It's four four nine, is it, for the Xbox Series X? So to get not just the console, but the better version of two consoles. And you're still saving fifty quid on the next gen in that sort of sense. So, Mental. So, so nice. I mean, like, like the account for the inflation uh, and how much everything's gone up since just the Xbox came out. Five hundred and fifty-three quid is what that would have cost. So yeah, we're not we're not doing too bad in that sort of sense. I mean, obviously, we're not justifying that you should absolutely get rinsed every day for everything. Just a bit of context. Um, uh, where did we get to? Jumping back through. Uh, so much better than white. It was such a strange choice from Sony, says Tito. Um, I imagine a bunch of people will start buying wraps mm -hmm. or plates when they finally do arrive. Um, uh, where, what, 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 Asim says, I imagine Sackboy will be PS Plus soon enough. I mean, I mean, the caveat, obviously, mm -hmm. we, we jumped into that conversation about price uh, based off of Sackboy. I don't necessarily think everything should be hitting those sort of uh, levels. 70 quid for the top story games or 70 quid for... The multiplayer games that you're absolutely going to smash the shit out of all year. Yeah, wonderful. That said, if I'm spending 70 quid on a multiplayer game that I'm going to smash the shit out of all year and then spending another 8 to 10 quid every 4 to 8 weeks on a new season pass or a battle pass or skins yeah. or DLC, not, I can't, I'm not a fan of them being put in at 70 quid. And when I say that, I look directly at Battle, uh, not Battlefield, Call of Duty. Um, PUBG charges, uh, I mean, it cost me 25 quid or whatever it cost to buy on console. Um, obviously, the likes of Fortnite, where you're paying your battle pass and stuff like that, you get the game for free, uh, and it's you, you live in it forever. Uh, Call of yeah. Duty rests on the fact that most people will buy it and forget that they've invested in it. I just need Call of Duty. Like, you buy FIFA. You don't necessarily think of FIFA, you do, uh, of, of the purchase. You think of you playing it with your mates, so you kind of need it. So the cost is kind of irrelevant. Not a fan of games like COD uh, and FIFA and, and whatever charging you 70 quid to opt into it and then charge you for your season pass and your battle pass and things yeah. like that uh, going, going forward. So Those games could eclipse everything in the market if they was to release it at a subsidised fee or not, no fee at all and make all of their money back. Like Call of Duty Mobile now, that's on. a highly... Pardon? Warzone. Oh, Warzone, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those ga those two examples from the same company are making probably more than what the main game's making. And that's because they're they're inclusive. They're, everyone can download it on whatever platform you want. Uh, the, the Call of Duty Mobile, I think, is probably the best um, example because it's available on absolutely everything. Anyone can download that game and play it. And it, I don't want to say the, the microtransactions are intrusive, but they are... They are hinted at strongly, shall we say. Um, so they're available for you to be able to, obviously, take whatever you want from that, whether or not it be Battle Pass skins or whatever it may be. Basically taking the Fortnite um, stand with that. It's it's a market that I think FIFA probably may go down. In my honest opinion, I think maybe in the, in the next two or three years, they perhaps could release it for free and then see where it goes from there because they're making billions a year don't forget not just on not just on fifa 
you're looking at Madden, you're looking at NHL. I think it would be easier for the Maddens and the NHLs. I mean, maybe I'm biased because I'm not not American and I don't know the sales figures, but I know that FIFA stays at the top of the charts through Christmas and fairly often through into the new year and might drop off. And then around the Champions League FA Cup sort of time, um, it picks back up and come back to the top of the charts fairly often. So whilst it makes absolute sense, I mean, we've seen Pez Light... um, in terms of that's clearly been successful. I don't know. I don't have any stats or data on that. But but the fact that it's been there for at least three years, you wouldn't bring it back mm-hmm. out again after the first year if it if it was was bad for you. Um, the fact that that has kept on going kind of makes me think. Well, there's absolutely an opportunity for FIFA there. But if you're at the top of the chart all year, charging seventy quid a game, that's also quite a lot of money to take in as well. So I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, you could be right. You could be right. I don't. I don't know on that one. I, I, I wouldn't want to commit. I'm going to sit with my splintery ass, as you say, on the fence. So, yeah, nice. I can see Tito's comment there disagreeing about the COD Battle Pass. I have, uh, me personally, I have absolutely no objections to Battle Passes. I play Fortnite and that has a Battle Pass in there. And for me, a Battle Pass is just something that I can work through and enjoy it. Like, I'll drop into Fortnite games, not even aiming to win, but as long as I can open five chests in Slurpee Swamp. I don't give a shit if I die. Then after the five, uh, after opening the five chests, that doesn't bother me whatsoever. It's same with FIFA. FIFA and Volta have a battle pass. I am, I slog them battle passes out about two days after they uh, they get released, and I've done it. I keep on coming back every single week to Volta, like I did on Wednesday, I think, to get Diplo of all people <laughs> in my uh, Volta team. Um, but yeah, like having a battle pass for me is absolutely something to grab, especially in the Fortnite as well, where you can play through it. Like you said there about um, Warzone, you get to the end of it, you've got enough coins, providing you don't spend them, to be able to buy the new one for free. Um, so yeah, I mean, for, when it comes down to battle passes, I am 110% in. It's all the other shit. It's the pay-to-win mechanics that I don't like. If you was to pay six, seven quid to get a highly rated gun, um, that's where things start to go a little bit ski with for me. As long as there are, like, I was, I was saying this to asked him the other day actually, um, having games that are, are grinding out are seen as a bad thing. No one wants to spend anymore, what it seems like anyway. No one wants to spend 40 or 50 hours completing a game unless it's a certain genre. Like going through games to unlock stuff, like having to play it for 30 hours to try and get to an end goal. That's that's kind of frowned upon, I feel like, nowadays. People want to have the option of being able to pay to unlock things so they can enjoy it quicker, which I think is probably a good thing if you don't have much time. If you ask someone who works 12, 13 hours a day and you only get an hour a day to play, that's cool. Like That's fine, but that should not be the standard. Um, I think try the grindiness in games has gone, which is why I absolutely still adore playing MMOs. An MMO is a grind fest. You don't go to an MMO and thinking that you're going to complete it in about 40 hours. It doesn't work like that. It's a six hour, 600-hour game plus expansions. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think... I, a lot of games back in, the, back in the old generations, like PS1, PS2, and some of the PS3 era... I know I'm just using PlayStation as an example there because they're the ones that stand out for me, but um, those games... Yeah, grinding in games back then was seen as the thing to do because, yeah, fair enough, there was online elements, but... You're buying a game for the experience and the the storyline wants it to be 60 hours, um, but I feel I feel like nowadays we don't really have that. I think I mean, yeah, and and when we do, it's kind of it has to be AAA and top level, and it, so mm-hmm. like the Cyberpunks and the Witches and all of the PlayStation Plus collection titles that we've already been speaking about, those could be 40, 50, 60 hours, um, and we will make a big song and dance about it. But they have to be like an event. It's, it's like, yeah, there's there's, a, there's less 
availability for brands to uh, to fit into that space it's like okay we're already yeah. allowing certain amount of story games this year uh but then when they come around people go fuck yeah single player is alive bitches yeah. and then well, after it's finished sorry he, 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 the, the volume completely went there and i thought you'd stopped <laughs> but you might have been rtx or something oh no, no go on sorry i've not got it on. I, got, I was i pretty much finished my uh comment there anyway um well, I games will... like final fantasy don't forget were uh, when you think of PlayStation 1, how long was Metal Gear Solid? Maybe 20, 25 hours-ish, the original one. Um, if you want to go back and complete it, keep on going back through, getting the bandana and the infinite um, I mean, handguns. You'd spend more time just changing your discs on Final Fantasy than you would actually <laughs> playing other games. <laughs> it was praised. It was praised. It was a 50-ish hour game. Um, that was back in the PlayStation 1 days. And when you think of the PlayStation 1, one of the standout games was obviously Final Fantasy. Again, Final Fantasies are still being brought out to this day as there's they one, are. There's one on the PlayStation Plus collection, Final Fantasy 15. There is, there is, and I will be downloading that because I never got a chance to get uh, to get around and playing it. Um, so we'll definitely be downloading that and giving it a whirl. But it, the games like that were praised back then. I don't think that's necessarily the case nowadays, and it's unfortunately a hell that I will die on um, when it comes to single player experiences. That's why I buy my games. I want the experience. I want to be in that world for as long as I can, providing the story is still worth telling. Because if it's a sixty-hour game and the story gets bull after tw- uh, it gets boring after twenty hours, then you've kind of lost me, and I probably won't go back to your game. Yeah, I agree. I will jump back into the comments though, because we have tangented on many different. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, gone on many different tangents there. That's what I'm trying what to say. What a surprise! Um, so Tuna says, "Hmm." So the thing Sony said wasn't viable, uh, but now they're coming up with this, uh, coming up with a solution. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I where there was another comment. Uh, oh, there, Gary. As much as I think Game Pass is incredible, I actually agree with Jim Ryan about it potentially being uh, not being sustainable moving forward. All it takes is a few publishers to kick off and wanting more out of it, and it could cause many others to follow suit and demand more. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. I, I don't necessarily. I don't see how Game Pass can be viable for everyone to be on it for the long run. Um, it it seems like a loss leader to me. It seems like mm-hmm. that brands publishers or xbox will take a loss to get people in so that they can um recoup the money later on um i mean i don't have any figures to back that up it could be the case yeah. but i think i think that it's just such a good deal that we're we've either been ripped off blindly for years and we don't realize how much money we're paying or um or it's a loss leader uh so for me uh now if you have a ps5 play astros play uh, playroom and get your first uh, ps5 platinum um, well, I'm on my way, but I'm not going to platinum it, I don't think. Uh, I've only ever got one PlayStation Platinum, and it was PUBG, so I'll stick with that. Uh, I'll platinum it. Detroit Become Eminem is a fantastic game. I played about three, four, five hours on stream, uh, and then stopped, so I will go back to that one at some, one, at some point. Uh, given how lucrative their first-party exclusives are, I can't see Sony going full-on Game Pass. Um, as in day one, on a service like that, I see them doing like what they do now with PS Plus Collection games coming on there six, 12 months down the line. I I, uh, I, I, I agree, I agree. Um, and not only that, we've had this conversation using um, Apple Arcade in the past in terms of uh, where does the revenue come from for publishers and developers? Do they get paid based on number of downloads and installs? Um, or do they get paid based on time spent? Do they get a revenue share? So if I have uh, Pez, if, if I make Pez and I put that on Game Pass, do I get a kickback from when someone downloads it? And then do I get kickbacks um, from sales as well? Or uh, like in-game purchases? I mean, I, I suppose I get that anyway. But but the point being, if it's, if it's in-game purchases and in-app purchases that drive it... Um, 
then you'll start to see more games leaning towards in-app purchases. And if it's not in-app purchases, but it's playtime, then you'll start to see games becoming less about the story and more just about the repetitive grind. Um, and then the danger of pass and subscription services is you start to get games that are tailored towards getting the audience to do what they need to do in the easiest way for the developer to earn their money back. And that's where the whole worry around it is. But I mean, I'm not against it. I'm still, still best, best deal in gaming as long as we get the games we want and the games we deserve. Uh, Detroit was my game of the year, says Madge. I agree. It's a good game. It's in that, it's good in idea, that for sure. Uh, one sec, I'm going to keep going through the comments and catch up because it's like scrolled. Uh, Bibby's yeah. resting bitch face is, fur is further away now. <laughs> um, looks like a VCR, says Tito. I'm assuming that was the uh, the Philips CDI. Um, I saw a CDI in a shot once and it was seven bajillion pounds. Uh, a lad down my road had a CDI. I had a golf game. That was it. <laughs> Just one game. Um, I used to sell the 3DO when I worked at Virgin Megastores. I say sell, as I, as I only sold two. <laughs> uh but how many sources will it have to draw from? What? What do you mean? <laughs> I wanted the 3DO as well. Uh, my console was an Atari 2600. What a console it was, though. Uh, game prices are absolutely fine, in my opinion. N64 games used to cost 65 quid. Fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. NBA Jam and Return of the Jedi on SNES uh, were 59.99. Yeah. And that, with inflation, is like three houses now. Um, I disagree on the COD Battle Bass. I think it costs £10 if you play it regularly and you get the next one free. I bought it once. Oh, yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I, I love the idea of a Battle Pass. I mean, Bibby's mentioned it already. I'm very, very much into the idea of Battle Passes. And I'm very much into the idea of the COD Battle Pass being one that gives you enough... Um, what's Are they COD points? Is that the currency? So you can buy the next one. That, for me, is a win. Um, I'm not into... Um, full price games that have a regular £10 consistently to keep you in it. So say if you pay 10 quid for your pass and you only do a few a few hours in here there, you've got to pay 10 quid for your next one. Even though you might not play it consistently all the time, you've paid your 70 quid to opt in and then you could spend another 50 quid over the year half playing the passes, which that's where my my uh, disagreement with it is. I feel like if if the game is going to be based around battle passes, then it should be free. But that's where the caveat is, is that's even war zone. Um, so that is free. So, so yeah, swings and roundabouts in that sort of sense. I was talking like a general rough balance. Battle passes, season passes and things like that, much, much better than loot boxes. So I'm in, I'm in the camp of that uh, very, very much. Uh, and I quite like it and I'm very anti-microtransactions. Well, it is a mi microtransaction. There's nothing wrong with a microtransaction. That's basically saying I don't want to spend money whilst I'm in a game. It's I don't want to spend money at all. If if that's the case, just have something wrong with transactions. It's the it's the it's the gambling looting mechanic that is the issue. And I think transactions and microtransactions have have been blurred with gambling, and nobody likes that. So well, yeah, no, no, some people do like it, but but yeah, no, I, I think that's what you're coming from. So yeah, I agree. I think Mister Day was more on about paid additional content for full price card, not wars on which three. Yeah, well, there you go, there you go. Asked him, said it, and I, I didn't even need to speak. Shut up, Graham. <laughs> Uh, Jelly provides daily social media management for Konami UK. Uh, depends. If you're going to say something good, then yes, we do. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, oh, yeah, I agree with all of that. Uh, microtransactions are a fine line. They have a place, but it should be cosmetic. I hate things like EXP boost or skips. If you create a game that is so dull you need to skip boost, you've designed your game wrong. And and if you play a game that you want to pay money to not play it, <laughs> just for the sake mm -hmm. of it, I understand. I mean, obviously, that's just a, uh, top line stuff. Some people don't have time but have money. Some people don't have money, but have time. And and that's where the, the skip boost mechanic can be useful. Um, one size doesn't fit all, but um, yeah, 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 yeah. 
Uh, okay, final few comments. Oh, yeah, I agree with that. Oh, no, I've done that one. Good morning-ish, <laughs> gents. Uh, what have I missed? Uh, we're still on the first story-ish. Uh, so PlayStation are looking at the idea of having a Game Pass sort of subscription service. I say looking at it, they haven't said that definitively. But Jim Ryan, when asked, said there is actually news to come, but not just today when he was interviewed uh, for something in Russia, I think it said in the article. So nothing concrete, nothing confirmed. But the fact that he says there is actually news to come, but not today, is a bit more of an answer that you usually expect from a fully PR uh like bash uh, pat, uh, bat off sort of answer so interesting uh, so hopefully I don't get taken by Microsoft spies game pass works by the dev slash pub getting a fee up front to have their game on their service after that if they hit certain milestones download slash hours played uh, the dev uh, pub gets paid bonuses um it works for Microsoft instead that it gets them the numbers on the service and in there could... oh interesting interesting I mean I assumed it would have been something like that um because obviously you put your game in game pass you're gonna you're gonna lose sales um in some essences i mean there there has been studies to show that games being on game pass actually increases sales in some ways as well so complete um generalizing you put your game in game pass people are going to get it free they're not going to purchase it so microsoft needs to compensate you for that so that understand i understand the upfront fee and then the download slash hours played stuff I, yeah that i kind of thought it was that that if you think of like like astro uh, astro's playroom two three hours long um, if it's down to hours played, that game isn't a game that should succeed on Game Pass because people will download it and play it, but Astro's Playroom won't earn Sony or Xbox in this case a shitload of money because three hours and it's done. So developers won't make three-hour games or one-hour games. They'll make 12, 20, 40-hour games that or games that just require repetition. Play it again. Do the grind. Do the grind. Get me the hours. So, yeah. That's my, that's my kind of worry with that sort of service. Um <laughs> Which is where my worry about sustainability comes from, but but yeah, I don't have any facts to base that on. Anyway, Bibby's set up Paul going saying, "Would you pay for a PS uh, Game Pass if it includes first party?" Um, yes, no, or depends on the titles included. Um, and kind of as you'd expect, fifty uh, percent say it depends on the titles included, and then the other fifty percent is split between yes and no. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, Seventy-five uh, percent of people then are open to the idea of a game pass, and with the majority of those people saying it depends on what they would actually get within it. Uh, that that kind of makes sense. I kind of uh, yeah doesn't doesn't surprise me that doesn't surprise me. Um, what was going to do next? I was going to oh yeah oh no it was sorry, I had a question. Uh, what was it? Oh, oh no I can't remember can't remember. Let's move ahead. Let's move ahead. This is fine. This is fine. This is all. I know what I'm doing. It's fine. I know why we're here. Um. Anyway, should we talk about new games? Games that might well, actually be coming to the new consoles, rather than the games that we know that would be coming and are now here yesterday. Okay. Nice. Yes. Okay. Uh, so we all know about Astro's Playroom and Sackboy and and all the other games that are coming over the next few months and so on. Well, there's something on the horizon, maybe a little bit further down the line, as Project 007 is IO Interactive's upcoming James Bond game. Written by Don Pepe out of VG247, it says, IO Twitter, uh, Twitter? IO Interactive, even. Uh, the development studio behind the esteemed Hitman games and the Kane and Lynch series has today announced it will be working on a James Bond game. So far, sim uh, called simply Project 007, this new game will be published and developed by IO Interactive itself, hopefully meaning the developer has a lot of creative control over the spy title. 
Earn your 00 status in a brand new James Bond video game to be developed and published by IO Interactive. Read the video description. You can check out the short but exciting teaser below. Well, you can't because, you know, cookies and that, but, you know, it's on Twitter if you want to see it. Uh, so IO Interactive, in collaboration with MGM, Eon Productions, and Delphi, announced today that they are developing and publishing the very first James Bond origin story with the working title Project 007. Read the press release. Uh, the most notable part of the announcement is that IO will be creating a wholly new narrative for the game. Project 007 will feature a wholly original Bond uh, story exclusively as a video game. The release continues. Whether we'll be seeing a famous actor's Bond likeness or a new face for the infamous agent remains to be seen. It's true that once in a while the stars do align in our industry, says Hakan Abrak, CEO of I or Interactive. Creating an original Bond game is a monumental undertaking, and I truly believe that IO Interactive, working closely with our creative partners at Eon and NGN, uh, can deliver something extremely special for our players and communities. Our passionate team is excited to unleash their creativity into the iconic James Bond universe and craft the most ambitious game in the history of our studio. Project 007 will be powered by IO Interactive's proprietary Glacier technology and the game will be made for modern systems and platforms, so you can probably expect it to land on at least the PS5, Xbox Series S and X and PC. Woo! Yeah! Uh, it's. I think it's probably a welcome thing. Uh, the the biggest standout thing I think from the article, from my perspective, is probably making this. Um, don't want to say generic. Yeah, a generic Bond, not one that is one of like Sean Connery or Daniel Craig. Um, not including their faces or likeness within this. Just make it a generic 007. It could be absolutely any. It could be absolutely anyone. Do you know what I mean? Rather than having a famous face as the lead character for this game, um, say it was a prequel. Yeah, earn your 007 status in a brand new James Bond game. So I'm guessing that probably means that it's you have to go for you to get to get your 007 status. Yeah, like a prequel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, up, uh, up and coming agent. Yeah, I don't. Obviously, we don't know much about it. We've only seen the 60, uh, 58 second trailer. Um, so we've got a lot to learn about this game. I think it's welcomed. Um, I don't think there's been as much hype about a 007 game since GoldenEye. And what was that, 22, 23 years ago? Um, they've obviously tried to make many Bond games since. Um, From Russia With Love, I think, was the last one that I potentially played. I mean, I've, I've got, I'm sure I've got quite a few up here. Piers Brosnan, was it? Oh, God. Nightfire. I think it was called. There was a From Russia with Love, I think, that had Sean Connery in it, and he did the voice acting. So we, it's not as if we haven't had them. I just don't think that they they actually go way back. They actually remastered uh, or remade Goldeneye at one point, didn't they, for the Xbox 360? Um, I don't think that did that well. Um, so, <laughs> I think... do you reckon this will be third or first person? More um, there was a conversation on this, so I posted it yesterday. Quite excited. Um, I, I, I like IO Interactive. Anyway, I mean, we, we do work uh, semi-closely with them through our relationships with Koch and so on. Um, so, um, yeah, we're aware of what IO Interactive do. Um, so, naturally, I keep an eye on it. Anyway, did not know about this at all. So, I saw this yesterday. It was pretty pretty excited. Um, I, I tweeted about it, and a couple of people, the first responses were, um, is it going to be first or is it going to be third? I'm not bothered either way. And another one was asking for first. And... 
having seen what IO Interactive have done with the likes of Hitman, which is a really, really good game. If you haven't played the Hitman uh, games, Hitman contracts and so on, um, genuinely really, really good. Um, so I would recommend those. I would recommend playing through those. And they're third person. So if it's like that, that's fine by me. I mean, I play a lot of third person anyway, so I'm fine by that. I do like first person, though. And first person James Bond, if you don't instantly think of Goldeneye, then, you, well, you might not be as old as me. Uh, but Goldeneye was a game that admittedly isn't great now. If you go back and play Goldeneye now, when you realise, like, the maps that you've just got in your head are sprawling landscapes of, oh, my God, how can I find people? There's vents and there's all this, this, and then, ah! And it's actually, it's like fighting someone in your kitchen. It's like, oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, there he is again. Because in today's world, the maps are so much bigger. That said, the game was very well balanced. It added multiplayer to a lot of people's lives for the first time. Mr. T! Dropping a gift there to Herodian, who's just dropped in the chat as well with a posture check. I did sit up. I don't know if you saw that. And Herodian says, hi, hey. um, what is this podcast about? Uh, uh, to which um, Marge is saying daily gaming news. There you go. Disco lights time. Oh, we'll get some disco lights on the go. Yeah. I mean, you got the disco lights because that's him structure a gifted sub. So there you go. Mr. T, appreciate the gift there. As always, thank you very much. Um... So yeah, The Scoop is your daily dose of news from the world of video games and beyond. So we talk about all the biggest stories uh, that's happening in games within the last 24 hours or so. Some maybe a, a little bit longer, but the moment we're talking about new Project 007 from IO Interactive, um, which was announced yesterday and will be coming at some point in the future. We don't know what it will actually be named, but it's a, it's a, pre, uh, a prequel sort of like build-up story. <laughs> Is what we assume from double o, uh, from um, James Bond. Should say so. It says earn your double O status in a brand new James Bond video game to be developed and published by IO Interactive. So that is pre um, Casino Royale and things like that. Uh, so James Bond, as we've never seen him before, I believe there may have been some James Bond books about um, James Bond before he was a double O agent, and it does kind of get mentioned between a conversation. Um, between James Bond and M in Casino Royale, when she's talking about him, you're lucky to have got your double O status, or you're lucky to have not lost it, or whatever. Or she talks about him being a trainee, and that was what the idea of um, what's Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's Bond was supposed to be young, brash, and abrasive Bond, not not yeah. Pierce Brosnan, not Roger Moore and Sean Connery, and that kind of stuff. So that has a little bit of excitement to me. It's, it's like the rough diamond that's still got all the nasty dirt and jagged edges and, and so on before it becomes into showmish money partner. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy enough to see a little bit of that, so that's fine by me. Uh, anyway, we will keep the pace moving because we have a couple of uh, more bits to go through and we are just, uh, we're an hour live, so we're probably approaching an hour of stream time, uh, well, of content time should i say um mad says i'd be up for multi-bond characters get everyone in somehow i wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a thing um we've seen how successful multi-characters can be in spider-man um getting different skins in obviously it's, it's easy when it's a skin and it's a costume but i wouldn't be surprised if you could download the the sean connery uh, set um a year from now when we get to like a not maybe not the anniversary of his death but maybe his birthday instead then um uh, the new Sean Connery sort of like skin with money going to charity or something along those lines. I wouldn't be surprised if that sort of stuff happens. Uh, but anyway, next next news article. Uh, we'll pick up the pace now because we do have Masters of the League following this, even though we are a bit later into the day. Um, next article. As you can see, The Last of Us Part 2 and Hades lead the Game Awards 2020 nominations. Uh, the annual event will take place 
on December the 10th. Excuse me one second. <clears throat> this is written by Tom Ivan at VGC, and it says, The nomination for the Game Awards 2020 have been announced. The Last of Us Part 2 is up for 10 prizes. Hades is nominated for 8, and Ghost of Tsushima is up for 7. The Game of the Year nominees are Animal Crossing New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part 2. Woo! Some big games in there. I genuinely don't know who I'd call from that because it's such a wide scope. Uh, but continuing. Sony Interactive Entertainment is the most uh, nominated publisher with 22 nominations in total. There are 29 awards up for grabs with the winners set to be determined by a blended vote between the voting jury, 90%, and public fan voting, 10%. Featuring world premieres, musical performances, and special guests, the Game Awards will be streamed live on Thursday, December the 10th. Um, and I'm not going to go through them all. Um, we'll put that, yeah, look at that. We'll be here for for weeks if we do that. But we'll put <laughs> the link in the chat. Um, but yeah, focusing just on the game of the year then. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, and The Last of Us Part Two. Where would you lean in that list, Dave? Embarrassingly, uh, I have not played any of those barring Doom. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima didn't really interest me. It never would have been a game that I picked up. I haven't got around to playing Last of Us Part Two yet. Hades looked like a really, really good game. Again, I've just not picked that one up yet. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake, if it's anything like the original one, which we know it's not. Uh, I absolutely adored the original Final Fantasy Remake. I haven't, uh, sorry, Final Fantasy VII. I haven't played this remake. Um, and Animal Crossing is definitely not a game that I would ever be interested in picking up. Doesn't mean to say that they're not good games. And this, if you re, if you are on social media at all or, or in the video game world, you'll know that these are absolutely massive hitting games. I honestly could not tell you because if. It, for me, Animal Crossing probably wouldn't even have been on that list if it, if the world wasn't talking about it. I just have, I've I've survived twenty nine years without even picking up or even hearing anyone talk about Animal Crossing until this year. Um, so yeah, I, I honestly don't know. The world was going crazy for Animal Crossing, so I I genuinely think that may end up winning. Yeah, I mean, out of all of these games, yeah. I think that may be the winner. The interesting thing, you say you've not played any of those games. I've not played any of those games, but I own four of the seven. <laughs> so, yes, there you go. I mean, Ghost of Shishima and Last of Us Part Two. I've been sat on for PS5 because I was so close to it. I was just going to wait for those anyway. Doom Eternal, I will probably play through at some point, potentially, even though I've got the Doom Slayer's helmet just behind the fan. You can't really see it. But, yeah, even though that's there, I've still not actually played it. Um, Asim says, uh, Hades will win because of the people who vote. That said, if The Last of Us Part Two doesn't win, I'm going to... To write an angry letter to Mr. Keeler, uh, Mr. Keeler, should I say? I understand that. I understand that. Um, I would, just based off of my excitement for the games, probably go for The Last of Us Part Two. Um, but I think a lot of people will probably in that. This is someone that's just gone over the excitement of games leading up to it, but not actually playing it. I'd probably go that way. Um, I could see Hades getting it though, because uh, it's a game that's it's like Disco Elysium. Um, it's a game that I haven't played and I probably never will play, but it's one of those games that that is not going to sell the most. It's not going to be the most universally loved, but it's almost like the Critics' Choice Award. And I feel like the game of the year um, is treated like that with the Game Awards. It becomes a Critics' Choice Award, and that's not what it should be for me. I think a game of the year... 
um, should be a game that is either the best game, and that could be best. Best could be many things. The best storyteller, um, the best unifier. Fucking, what's it called? Fall Guys could be in the game of the year conversation. When it comes to 2020 video games, Fall Guys could be in that conversation. Among Us could be in that conversation. I would say Fall Guys more than Among Us because whilst I do think Among Us is good, I think Among Us, like the way I classified that in a conversation with Luke the other day was Among Us is an enabler. Among Us allows you guys to be the game. Your, your banter, your interactivity. Among Us is a vessel for your creativity so whilst yeah. it is a game and it's still kind of you can't have it without it um it's, i don't know i don't it it's not the game that's the start you are whereas fall guys the game is the game um yeah so i could see those being in there the fact that we have um we have a lot of hard-hitting similar games um in terms of like big triple a sort of blockbustery games and then you just have hades just kind of put in there as well it's like yeah, it feels critics' choice to me. It doesn't feel like what the people want or what the viewers want. And the fact that, that yeah, we are taking viewers' votes into consideration, but only for 10%. What does 10% mean if all of the critics all go, yeah, Hades smashed it, and all of the viewers go, yeah, we want Animal Crossing New Horizons. I bought a Switch for £1,000 because I really wanted to play Animal Crossing New Horizons. If a game is big enough to do that and to become Nintendo's best-selling uh, Switch game of of all time then that's clearly punching so yeah 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 uh, i could see hades getting it i could agree with that sin um but then again i could see any other taking it depending on where the conversations go uh yeah animal crossing fits the bill beating coffee time uh bringing people together that's the thing i think in terms of that i would class it as one of the biggest games of the year one of the best games of the year but it's the critics choice kind of I don't know how they managed to put them together. Yeah, I feel there needs to be a separate Critics' Choice Award for the Game Awards and then have the Game of the Year. Um, yeah. It's weird, though, isn't it? Because like the, the games that are listed here have come from somewhere. Now, they're obviously games that have been released in the last 12 or so months. They've obviously them to be nominated in this list. But, like again, the only game that I've played on here, Doom Eternal, that's the only one that I've played out of this list. But I, I still wouldn't even... I still wouldn't include any of these games as my game of the year. I mean, I can't actually think of what I would probably have as my game of the year now. Astros but last Playroom. year, yeah, yeah, Astros game, Astros Playroom, yeah. Uh, my game of the year last year was a game that wasn't even nominated, which was Elder Scrolls Online, because that's the game. Despite me playing games all throughout the year, that was the game that I enjoyed the most out of everything. And that game was four or five years old by that point. It's so like, it's my game yeah, of the year like, last year was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. But that didn't count in the game of the year because it came out on, say, like the 19th of November and the voting cuts off on the 18th of November or something like that. And it's like, okay, it's still a it's still a 2020 game, but because it came yeah. out in 2020, it's not included. It came out in 2019. It's not included in the 2020 nominations now because it's so far away and people have forgotten about it, which is just, yeah, it's just a bit crap. Imagine a game that's that's been... I mean, yeah, there was a couple of bugs and stuff with it at first, which got ironed out. I say a couple of bugs. I think there was more than a couple of bugs with it uh, when it first launched, which EA did a good job of uh, squashing. I don't feel like it necessarily had the, the long-term content that that game could have had, but the game in itself, yeah. when it was working, for me, was was exceptional. I gave that my game of the year quite, quite comfortably um, last mm -hmm. year, but it just shows you where the politics is. Ah, you came out a day late. 
Uh, so yeah. nobody could play it and cast their nominations. Uh, so you don't get included in this year and you don't get included in next year. So you just fall into the game of the one month where nothing counts category. Nice. Great. Great. Yeah. I, I agree there needs to be a cut off at some point because like, for instance, Grand Theft Auto would probably be in this be in this category as well. Like if, it, if there's still millions of people playing that, but then you could also say World of Warcraft and League of Legends, they would probably get a shout if that wasn't the case as well, because these are games played by millions and millions of people for millions and millions of hours a year. Um, but yeah, it's the, the game of the year stuff. I, fair enough, it's games that come out within a twelve month period, but they can't cut they can't cut the deadline off while you're still in the same calendar year because Cyberpunk now is going to be categorised as game of the year for next year. But like you just said with Jedi Fallen Order, that didn't even get a nod this year because everyone's forgot about it because it was 11 months ago. It's it's bonkers that they're cutting it off before the calendar year finishes. That That's so weird. I honestly don't understand why that's the case because there is so many games that will fall by the way. timelines, production lines, it's literally just logistics. They're going to be on TV, oh well, the internet, on the 10th of December. They need to have all of the decisions in now so they can get everyone down to discuss. They can get all of the uh, graphics designed. They can get their interviews recorded with the winners and they can get the trophies customised to sort Do it in January. Exactly, exactly. I, I, <laughs> I completely agree with that sort of stuff. There's a reason why the Brit Awards is, is in February. It's the start of the year kind of thing. For the, I mean, even that's still too late into, into the year. But yeah, do it then, do it then. Um, uh, I'd be stunned if The Last of Us 2 doesn't win. Not that I've played it even. Um, Animal Crossing would be a feel-good win. Hades is not that long out of the uh, early access as well. Um, Age of Super says it deserves to be The Last of Us 2. Um, but... Given some of the negative uh, negativity by those who didn't understand what they were trying to achieve, it may be an injustice. Uh, Potbank says, I would pin my hopes on Hades winning. Uh, that company's uh, success story, uh, story is incredible, and it, it just looks like the right game at the right time, plus playability is through the roof. Uh, see, I've never played it. I've never played it. Um, which, my that is where my sort of doubt comes in uh, for Hades. Not, not saying that it's not a 10 out of 10 game. Anyone I know that has played it that enjoys... Um, that genre of game have said it's a 10 out of 10 game like really good but the fact is I, I haven't seen any gameplay of it um, and that's where my kind of how can that be classed as game of the year for me obviously this is where it comes down to it's such a subjective thing for me I've not even seen it um, and it was wasn't really marketed, and 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 I know that that then becomes an issue. Is oh, do one of the games that get marketed deserve to win then? And so there's all sorts yeah. of stuff in there. But yeah, I I suppose I don't like to see games that I don't know uh, or people in my circle of influence won't have played or spoken about winning because I can't see if you've not influenced me or if you've not influenced the people around me, then why is it the game of the year? But that's why we fall into echo chambers. Just because my echo chamber doesn't know about it doesn't mean it doesn't deserve it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, happy to see Rocky nominated for best debut game Super Chuff for the devs and I worked on it for a bit hope they win good lads and it looks lovely too as well that's the thing as well mm -hmm. um, I'm waiting eagerly on console version of Hades uh, love the dev team and their previous games um, Cyberpunk missing out though says Asim yeah exactly Cyberpunk missing out is is maybe maybe we can see that coming back because The Witcher 3 won some Golden Joysticks awards which is February and that was quite a long time after it was announced so maybe yeah something from cd project red um could be that successful if it's as good as the witcher maybe that one can keep pushing through um the fact that they've pushed 
back and back and back and back to avoid bugs helps them. Star Wars having bugs at launch did hinder them a little bit, so I think that made people forget the conversation. And also there was a little bit of Star Wars fatigue in the world last year as well. We've had a number of Star Wars films that people felt didn't quite hit where they wanted it to be. I mean, I didn't mind the uh, um, uh, seven, episode 789. I, I thought they were pretty okay, uh, if I'm being honest. I don't think they were uh, spectacular, but some people didn't. Um, so, yeah, it's that got forgotten. If, if the film's absolutely smashed out of the park, that game probably would have stayed in conversation for a bit longer as well. Uh, Plum Rico says, afternoon all. Welcome in. How are you doing? How are you doing? Good today? afternoon. Um, speaking of uh, cyberpunk, uh, there, yeah. okay, we'll fly through the last two stories because we do have to wrap things up. So cyberpunk, I did mention it. Um, there we go. That's Cameron Faulkner at the Verge says, buying cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia. Is that a thing? Uh, we'll get you a complimentary Stadia premiere kit. Uh, this offer is running through December 17th or until supplies last. Uh, so Google really, as it says there with the italic words, wants you to buy Cyberpunk 2077 on Stadia. So much, in fact, that it's given away a Stadia premiere kit to each person who pre-orders or who has already pre-ordered the game on Stadia or buys it after launch until December the 17th. The promotion runs until supplies last, though Google declined to say how many units it will be giving out. The hardware bundle that usually costs £100 includes a white Stadia controller, a Chromecast Ultra, and for new users, a one-month trial subscription to Stadia's Pro tier service. Stadia Pro includes 4K streaming and a growing collection of free games similar to Sony's PlayStation Plus and Microsoft's Xbox Live Gold subscription. To redeem the deal, uh, you need a Stadia account that you don't need to be paid uh, to be a paid subscriber. Then head to Cyberpunk 2077's product page and purchase the game. If you have a Stadia Pro subscription, you can save $10 on the game if you haven't already used that promo. For pre-orders, you will receive an email containing a code to redeem your free Premiere kit within a week of the game's launch, so keep a lookout for that. If you buy the game post-launch, you should get an email containing a code if Google still has a supply of the free kits available. You goddamn right they will. Uh, Google says that your kit will take several weeks to ship, which means you probably won't have it in hand when Cyberpunk 2077 actually launches. Also, it says your shipment may not arrive prior to the holidays. Thankfully, there are other ways to play, uh, play Stadia with controllers you might already own, including on your phone or through your PC's Chromecast, uh, Chrome browser, so your uh, so just because your complimentary hardware won't arrive, uh, arrive, arrive for a while, uh, <laughs> doesn't mean you can't play the game on launch day. Says Elmer Fudd. <laughs> Wab it. Uh, so there you go. Um, if you want to play Cyberpunk and you want to get into Stadia, then you can kill two birds with one stone. The hundred dollar Stadia. Pro uh, Stadia Premiere kit that comes with the controller and things. Basically, what we bought as the Founders Edition, um, you will get that free if you buy Cyberpunk on Stadia, which is yeah. I'm going to say two things. The first one is not a full statement. It's an incredible offer, a full controller ecosystem. So you get access to the Chromecast, you get access to the controller, which I must add is actually a really nice controller, um, and you get access to 4K on-demand cloud gaming anywhere. Woo! Okay, that's a deal. And you're getting Cyberpunk as well. So you're buying Cyberpunk and you get all of this stuff for free. Deal and a half. And then the uh, other statement is, it's Stadia. It's not that. It's not what it is. We have two Stadia's Founders Editions. And I could tell you that um, if it was free with a game that I was buying, I would take it. But I would not invest in that right now. I would not invest in that. Right now. Get in the bin. Even for $60? Uh, yeah, not interested. I'm spending $60 to get Cyberpunk 
which I would do anyway, um, on a format that's going to make it less accessible, not as easy to play with my friends, and a format that just doesn't live up to the hype. If someone said to me, would you spend 60 quid to get Cyberpunk on your PlayStation? Yeah, why? Um, would you play, spend 60 quid to get Cyberpunk on your PlayStation and get free controllers and stuff? Yeah, I'd love it. However, to get those free controllers and stuff, what we're going to do is make it so that your game lags and stutters and is not very uh, easily playable. And when you do play it, um, you can't play with the majority of your friends because they're in a slightly different system. Okay, now I'll take my 60 quid back because it sounded good, but in reality, you need to fix the other bit. So, do you know what? I'm being harsh. Um... As I always am with Stadia, I'm harsh from, from a place of love. We wanted it to be spectacular. And they, they, they're kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. It's a really good deal. It's a really good deal to get people in. But offering people something free with a game that they want to play elsewhere is not going to get people to come in. Give me something that I can't play elsewhere. What is the USP? of buying Cyberpunk on Stadia. Well, I'll tell you what the USP is. The unique selling point, the one thing that Stadia can offer you with Cyberpunk that, that the other formats can't, it's not going to play as well. That's the USP. That's literally the unique selling point is that it's not going to be as good. Oh, great. Nice. That's the USP I don't want, so I'll buy it on my PlayStation, and, and yeah, job's good and nice. Or I'll get it with Smart Deliver on the Xbox and play it now, and, and then when the Xbox Series X come back in stock, I'll do it that way. Job's good and So... <laughs> GG is a very, very good offer. It is a good offer, but it's not the right one. It's still not the right one. You keep trying and your offers are getting better, but giving me a game that's been well-marketed and probably pre-ordered by everyone, on uh, wishlisted on Steam, pre-ordered and purchased for Xbox and PlayStation already, uh, by giving me an opportunity to get stuff by buying that, you'd be like, oh, mate, I've already done it. You're late to the party. It's not going to happen. So no, no. No. Current poll in the chat. Do you own Google Stadia? <laughs> Did not know this poll was going, by the way. So that's the uh, the uh, the laugh. Do you own Google Stadia? There are three options to that vote. Um, the first one is no. The, third one. the second one is yes. And the third one is ha 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 ha. I can tell you that. 20% of the votes are no. So 20% of the people voting uh, in our viewership... Oh, it's gone down. 17% of people voting in our viewership do not own a Stadia. I can tell you that the remaining 83% say, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so nobody owns Google Stadia in our chat, which which doesn't surprise me. And 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 with us talking like this about it, it doesn't surprise me that... that there you go. P uh, poll finished. 83% say, ha, ha, ha. And the remaining say no. Nobody says yes to owning an Astadia. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if someone watching does own Astadia, but just doesn't want to own up to it. I understand that as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 point. It is a shame. It's The controller is really good. The idea of being able to take the games on the go everywhere using... The power of Google is wonderful. It's just not spectacular. And whoever has come up with this decision to create a package where you get the Premiere kit free with the game that people have already bought elsewhere or already have plans to play with other people on different formats, it's just not going to be what you need to, to break the ground. They need to break new ground and get a foundation of, of users, yeah. not try poach small numbers off of different platforms. It's not going to work for them. So, yeah, GG, but no.
And then finally, a little bit of different news. Uh, stepping into the world of esports, um, as Esports News UK uh, have this article. It's actually written by Dom Sacco, uh, a guy I know pretty well from the British Esports Association. He says, BBC to broadcast CSGO Blast Premier Series on iPlayer. Uh, so the BBC Sport, uh, BBC Sport will be broadcasting the upcoming CSGO Blast Premier Series, which will see UK org Endpoint competing against some of the world's best teams. Coverage will start with the Blast Premier Fall Showdown on Tuesday, November the 24th, so that's Tuesday coming, uh, with viewers able to watch it on BBC iPlayer. BBC says the move comes following the success of Rocket League and League of Legends NLC on BBC iPlayer. Featuring 12 elite teams from America and Europe, the series will begin with the aforementioned Blast Premier Fall Showdown, followed by the Blast Premier Fall Final on December the 8th. It will conclude with the Blast Premier Global Final on January the 19th, 2021, where the world's best teams will battle for the trophy and a $1 million prize pool. UK-based team Endpoint have been invited to take part as they recently were the first British team to take uh, to break into the CSGO World Top 30. As underdogs, they will hope to cause an upset as they go up against some of the world's best teams. Blast has offices in London and hosted the Blast Premier Spring Series in the capital city back in February this year. Uh, the BBC is the latest broadcast partner to join Blast's global portfolio of TV and online partners that have a joint reach of over 150 million TV households and broadcast in 18 languages. Alexander Lewin, VP of Distribution and Programming for Blaster. The BBC is admired around the world for its standard of excellence and its digital platforms provide the perfect destination for Blast's pre uh, Blast Premier's fans based in the UK to watch the world's best Counter-Strike players go head-to-head. -head. Uh... Thoughts? Uh, the, the biggest thing, that not only was obviously the article just advertising what it is, but the biggest thing that I can take away from this is that it's being put on the BBC iPlayer. That's just, again, it's like when they put... Um, the e Premier League on Sky Sports. It's just opening the demographic up to people. That's the biggest thing that I can take away from this, um, which I think is amazing. Um, it will hopefully. I mean, we have got things like Jinx that's on um, that's on Sky. But if you were wanted to watch esports, um, unless you've got some sort of Fire Stick or uh, Android box, or because Twitch you can't get on Sky. Don't forget, like Sky, you can have things like Netflix. You can have Disney Plus, but the likes of Twitch isn't available on there yet. So unless you have a smart TV, you're kind of in the mud. But having esports on BBC, um, which is obviously available to absolutely everyone if you have a uh, a TV license, of course. Um, What's one it's, of those? It's a, it's a step in the right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's a step in the right direction, I think, just to try and make it. Uh, a, a real sport in some people's eyes because obviously for those of us that are in the chat we've probably watched at least one or hosted one um esports event you know what it's about you know what to expect but for the for the rest of the world because obviously we are in a little small echo echo chamber here where we all know what we're talking about but the people in the the, the wider society will be looking at it and see esport and then i think what the fucking hell is that like, i think when um we went into lockdown and like f1 wasn't on they had the f1 esports on sky sports so that people was watching it who maybe had no idea what the hell it was, but was watching it because it looks like motor racing and there was real teams being put in there. And I think some people may have actually had their eyes open to what esports is. This is, for, again, people saying it, a step in the right direction. Uh, Asim says, doesn't Jinx TV become porn later at night? Not that I would know, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I said, it's not Jinx, that's Jizz TV. It's a completely different thing. <laughs> Minx TV. Hey! <laughs> um, 
Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny that is now true nor whatever. Um, yeah, no, this is this is good. I like to see this. I do like to see this. It's a slow. Uh, what the hell? Okay. Um, I do like to see this. It's a slow move towards um, esports being more mainstream. I love the idea of this. Uh, seeing esports on Sky Sports, seeing Pez in the past being on Jinx, uh, seeing it at Manx TV. Well, that's that's what this is pretty much. Uh, seeing stuff that I see in my alternate life, my work life, my video game life, coming into the mainstream life that my friends and families and, and people might see. I mean, FIFA 1's a good example. Seeing FIFA on Sky Sports, kids that I know, uh, family members and so on, that had never heard of um, a lot of these sports stars suddenly knew who Tex was, who F2 Tex was, or or, mm -hmm. or Phase Tex, or whoever he is now. Um, uh, sound like a proper old man. Phase Tex, or whoever he is these days. <laughs> Back in my day, he was F2 Tex and, and stuff. Um, so yeah, seeing seeing kids know stars like that is, is huge, and it gives such a big boost to... Um, obviously, this is... Uh, established CSGO teams, but that starts to lay the groundwork for um, lesser esports. So Pez's esports have grown over the last 20 years, but they're nowhere near CSGO's esports um, in terms of global saturation. Um, and this kind of paves the way to make them step into that sort of um, mold. I mean, CSGO and team sports, you have teams that will last for forever. The team is a symbol. You get the logo that people can get behind. I know people tend to do uh, tend to get behind esports stars, like you get a lot of C9 fans that are Shroud fans, and then they go with Shroud yeah. when he goes elsewhere. You do get that a lot more in esports than you do in, in global sports. But football sports, uh, well, sport esports, so the likes of football, the likes of tennises and, and whatever that change annually it's harder to build esports around those in general but having them on um mainstream broadcast television and so on gives say let's use someone close to home eterito i mean no, he's, he's probably a bad example because he's been around for forever but let's say if eterito had a couple of years on pez where he was good and then kind of disappeared again he would never really get known unless he has a, a way to springboard into the limelight and getting access to main yep. mainstream channels does allow that to happen a bit more so it means esports esports are um uh, good uh, good yeah nice uh, i'm waiting for monopoly esports that'll be amazing <laughs> Uh, that was a notification from Graham telling him that his 12-month sub to Jizz TV has been activated. Oh, did that <laughs> did that come up on screen? How do you know? <laughs> uh, that was a notification for me telling me that my 3 o'clock meeting is ready, um, which is which is frustrating because it's 3 o'clock in Europe, which is the person uh, where the person I'm supposed to be having a meeting with is from. Um, but he said my time, and it's clearly meant his time, not my time. So that's fun. Uh, so yeah, I'm eight minutes late for a meeting that I'm 52 minutes early for. So fun times! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, is it a case of I'm on that bombshell? It is. Um, although that does change things because three o'clock, uh, you have mm -hmm. something on the cards as well, babe. I do, um, yeah. So I'm I'm going to have to jump off and jump into a call. So three o'clock, uh, you'll have something on the cards. That gives us about a, mm -hmm. a 12-minute slot to get, mas 
Masters of the League in. So I don't think Masters of the League <laughs> is going to be happening today. Uh, no. Unfortunately, work does come first, so there will be no Masters of the League happening today. There could be extra streams, though, later on after we've got all of the meeting bits and stuff out of the way. So if you do want to see will. any more content, absolutely will be. If you want to see any more content, then make sure you hit the follow <laughs> button on the channel right now. That way you will get notified when we go no uh, when we go notified, when we go live. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You will get notified when we go notifying. <laughs> yes, that's the one. I mean, <laughs> lovely. Oh, God. It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Come on, cut, cut some slack here. <laughs> Stream Astro. Throw you cowards. <laughs> yeah. Completely, mate. Completely, mate. I don't even need to play, mate. Um but yeah. trophy. FTW. When when someone when someone has finished Astro, if you haven't done it yet and when you do it, when you've played the last bits, let me know. DM me or something because I uh oh, yeah, I caught like I say, I completely forgot that I didn't even remember that yeah. thing. So yeah, just yeah, there you go. Anyway, that's enough for that. I, I heard Rain started crying at the end of it. Twice. It was that emotional. <laughs> no, I was crying because it was it was actually quite an easy play until certain parts of it were just fucking rock hard. <laughs> the fuck is... So there was a, there was a. Are you good at platformer games? Uh, yeah, usually, but um, like it just went from being like do -dit, do -dit, do -dit, do -dit, to it's like what the fuck? Why is why is why is the difficulty just arrived? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what, I will, what I will say before we go off though is uh, obviously good luck to Asim and the rest of the 2k guys I've just had a flip through Twitter and I've seen that you've got 2k fest going on as we speak there is a live broadcast happening over at 2k underscore UK uh, for the NBA 2k fest so good luck with all that today if you are obviously an NBA fan what as in on, on Twitch 2k UK on, no on Twitter um, oh. just click you through now and 2k is just promoted well it's, it's there on my feed anyway uh, 2k fest i mean i can drop i'll drop the link into the into the chat for you as well nice nice do that um it's banging thanks says says uh asim is, is back on his jizz tv subscription again as well <laughs> oh, it's banging today boys and girls this is fine uh the later ice levels can effing die oh there was um yeah i'll, I'll tell you about it next week just because i don't want to spoil us for anyone but yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. um there you go there's the link in the chat speaking about links in the chat is there anything else you want to add before we disappear bib Again, yeah, thank you very much. It's been a very, very good... I, again, I say this more often than not now, but the shows for us are getting bigger and better. The more people in, uh, getting involved with the chat. There's more of you over on YouTube that are getting involved with the comments, which we very much appreciate. Um, so just letting us know what's going on in your daily life when it comes to video games and everything that's been around. It's been an absolute pleasure. Like The last two or three months uh, has just been getting bigger and better, uh, not only numbers-wise for us, but just the content that we're putting out. It's been, it's been a hell of a ride. So we appreciate every single one of you that jumped on that with us Absolutely. that said it's friday um so if you do want to get involved with the show uh next week there's two ways that you can do that first of all find us on social media it's at ice cream uploads across all major social media platforms also find us in our discord as well there's an area on the left hand side uh, that says the scoop all we need is a url to the article your thoughts and impressions we will then give you our thoughts and impressions of the very next show which you mentioned before which is at what time ish on a monday is it graham it's at 10 a.m Ish. ish. I mean, if anything is <laughs> like today is to go by, it's an absolute ish. Although today we did have a little bit <laughs> yeah. of uh, a different setup today in terms of we we did post out and say that we were going late. But usually it's not this late. Usually it's between tw ten and eleven. Uh, so if you're around from about ten, you will catch us. Obviously, you will get notified when we go live anyway. Um, but there's not going to be a Masters of the League today. Now uh, there will be more content later on. Uh, probably take you into the evening. So make sure you come back for that. And if you just sat there playing your PlayStation and you want someone to keep you company, then yeah can do that for you nice 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 actually come on in speaking of that uh can 
Because I know there was that picture-in-picture -picture thing. Can you watch a stream on one screen whilst you play your game? Because I know there's the Twitch app on PlayStation, which I downloaded yesterday. So could people watch us while they play the game? I mean, if that is the case and you've got a PS5 and you want to watch someone while you're playing games, then get ice cream uploads on your screens. Nice. I couldn't even figure out how to get into a party chat yesterday, if I'm being perfectly honest. <laughs> like the, the, the UI, UI is so much different from what I'm used to. Um, I kind of got lost, so I just sat in a party with Mike and Wayne and couldn't get out of it. So I just turned the PlayStation <laughs> off. I could still be in it. I'm going to boot it back up again. I have no idea, but I'll figure it out. I'm trapped. <laughs> I'm just saying to Mike, he's like, how do you leave it? He was like, I don't know. All right. I just turned the PlayStation off and then a bit. <laughs> This is what, you, what the hell are doing? you don't realize the mic's still on in your controller and is listening to you watch your episode of <laughs> Jizz TV or whatever. What's that slapping noise? Anyway, enough of that. Bit there. Who's looking better? <laughs> Graham, who's looking better? <laughs> on that Fuck bombshell, let's, let's, let's not say anymore. Have yourselves a fantastic weekend. We'll see you on Monday for the scoop and tonight for a few games. Until then, stay hey, frosty. Frosty.